You're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Ellen Buchan, Insights and Communications Executive at AMBA and BGA. Today, I spoke to Stefan Giesner, who's a professor at the Rotterdam School of Management. Stefan spoke about the release of his new book, which he co-wrote with Anthony Knoppers and Millie O'Dine. It's called Leading with Presence, Fundamental Tools and Insights for Impactful Engaging Leadership. Here's some really great tips for how leaders could increase their presence, especially when it comes to doing this online. He also gave some predictions for how communication might look as we enter the new normal. Here's that conversation. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Could you, first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself and your career, please? Yeah, uh, thanks for inviting me. Um, so I'm, my name is Stefan Giesner, and I'm actually started out as a banker. So I worked for Deutsche Bank, and that was like really a long time ago. So I have to think back maybe 20, 25 years ago. Interestingly, one of the reasons why I didn't go on with that job was because digitization popped in uh, at this time. That was when the cash machines actually being introduced. And part of our job was to bring the customer outside of the building again to show them how to use the cash machine. So in a way, we kind of produced our own layoffs. That resulted also in layoffs actually in our organization, in the banking sector, more competition, and actually the whole culture of working together became less pleasant. So I couldn't really portray myself working in there. And I also became more interested. So how people interact, how people uh, deal, how to create a a good work culture and questions like these. And that's why I decided to be uh, studying psychology. So I quit my banking job. I became a psychologist. And so I've been primarily interested in in topics of uh, dealing with humans, dealing with people. And now I'm a professor of organizational behavior and change um, at the Rotterdam School of Management in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And I'm in this job now. I'm I'm working at, um, at the school for 16 years. I started out as a postdoc there. And uh, now I'm here as a professor and also head of the department of uh, organization and personal management. We are on the podcast to speak about your new book, Leading with Presence, Fundamental Tools and Insights for Impactful Engaging Leadership. Can you tell me a little bit more about your book? So actually, I might start off actually with the question what what we really mean with uh, presence. And we see presence as something of being in the moment, being in a situation, being there fully with your awareness, but also fully with your engagement, engaging with the audience. And we pay a special attention on the nonverbal part of that. Interestingly, the term of presence has roots in, in two quite different areas. The one is virtual reality research. Virtual reality, you can imagine that one of the concerns or one of the focus um, is there on that once you go in a virtual reality, you feel that you're in that virtual reality. And they differentiate between different types, whether you actually feel you in this world whether you feel there are other people around in this world as well, and actually whether you connect with the other persons. Yeah. Another field that's interested in presence is actually nursing science or nursing. So it's quite different. And here it's about how nurses are interacting with the patient. And they differentiate in how much nurses feel they are there. They are actually in that situation with the patient. And the second one is how much they risk the patient. So in both of these contexts, what really is important is like that you are in the moment of the situation where you are and you feel presence. 
there's less focus so far when it comes to leadership and presence. And that was like one of the motivation of us to write that book. Um, we also do a lot of trainings in that area. And we find this a very important aspect. And especially as it comes to the nonverbal part, because we hardly train that. In every interaction, we we want to be quite impactful in our leadership. We want to be impactful how we engage with people, how we connect with people. And in this book, we try to explore from a scientific point, but actually a lot more from a practical point with lots of exercises and how we can actually improve our number of communication. And these are topics like posture, gesture, our voice, um, how we can create awareness and understand an understanding of the signals we send. We also receive and how we can react on this. We want to teach people how they can actually be in the moment and connect better to others. And this is like in for in-person meetings, but nowadays also it plays a lot of a role when it comes to virtual realities and uh, kind of conferences. We are now in Zoom, Teams and whatsoever. Also their presence is very important to us. Who's the inboard? Because you mentioned um, people working in tech with VR and nursing and also leaders, is there a specific group that would be interested in the book or is it kind of for everyone who has a leadership position? I was just saying with the nursing and the virtual reality, this is like where, let's say from the research point of view, where there has been a lot of attention on the topic. In leadership, maybe a bit less so, even so I might say this is not completely true. So first of all, the, when we talk about leadership, we talk about a skill. We believe everybody can learn. So I think everybody of us can improve our presence. And that said, because leadership is a skill, in a way, the book should be interesting for everybody who wants to improve that skill of uh, leadership. It's also clear that a few, or not a few, a lot, a lot of people actually really need leadership skills in their jobs. That might be leaders, it might be managers, it might be speakers, it might be sales staff. Those people and others who are especially in contact and need to engage with others, need to connect, need to have influence on others, yeah, need to exude some kind of confidence. All of these need a leadership skill. They all need to improve that side of themselves. And for I think for all of these people, that book is aimed at. So while we wrote it, certainly with a look a bit at those persons in leader or manager positions, it's much wider in its application. And also the exercises we have are useful for everybody uh, to improve leadership. Exercises, as said, we are a lot about your gestures, how to improve your voice, how to improve your posture. And so in that sense, I think this matters for everybody of us. To bring it into 2020 and 2021, we've all been working from home and presence is maybe more difficult to display over Zoom and or other technologies. How can managers or leaders change their communication style to ensure that they're understood when working digitally and being able to see their presence come across over Zoom and cameras? Yeah. Um, I mean, there is now, we hear a lot of when, when it comes like to Zoom, now this kind of term Zoom fatigue, yeah? it just seems to be only an own term, uh, which stands for when we are on online conferences and online work that after a while we become more um, tired of being all the time online. So the question is, why is that the case? There are certainly some of the reasons are related to technology. Yes? So looking at the screen all the time and all of these things. But most of that might be actually explained by that we miss out more presence from the others in terms of their nonverbal cues. Uh, we do not see a person fully. 
So we only see part of that. So most of the gestures is gone. Um, so we do not see the gestures of that. Also, when we have a conference with many people, the pictures might themselves be rather small. So we cannot maybe see the full expressions. Actually, our own expressions we sometimes make in a communication indicates to our partner or to the person we speak to a certain emotion. Yeah? We might actually raise our eyebrows or, or show like a smile. All of these things are maybe less visible now and when it comes to these virtual meetings. And so also the, the cues we send seemingly are not received any longer by uh, the receiver of that message. So in a way, we have a problem of our own nonverbal parts or nonverbal cues not being able to send them out. At the same time, we cannot see all these verbal cues from others. Another point also is like when we are talking to other people naturally, we also have a peripheral view. So we actually look a bit wider what's happening in the environment. So, But if we look at a screen, a peripheral view actually drags us out of this conversation we have and makes us less present as well. Yeah, um, In that sense, actually presence might be even more important to know and to learn and what we can do and how become present in these virtual rooms or in these virtual meetings than maybe an in-person where actually a lot of these things are naturally already there. But here we really have to concentrate what we can do to improve our number of parts because it's an important information, an important tool of engagement to others um, to connect to people. So you mentioned Zoom fatigue and why do you think that the novelty of working from home wore off so quickly and Zoom fatigue set in? Is it because of this lack of presence that is like available over Zoom? Yeah, so I, I think, I mean, it doesn't explain everything, but yeah, we miss just meeting others in person. I mean, we're also lucky nowadays that this pandemic is happening now and we actually actually have the possibility to meet others and visually see them. Yeah, So that's actually great. Um, so imagine the pandemic would have happened maybe like 10 or 20 years ago, it would have been much worse. So it's not everything is not bad. But definitely, even seeing the other, we do not see everything and we miss that. And that makes us like, that That gives us not the whole picture of another person. And we do not see everything and we like to see everything. And I think we become also not aware all of these things we're just missing in terms of moving arms, posture people stand. Um, we have our own problems probably sitting right or being present ourselves in a conversation because the way we sit, most of us sit in front of the screen. Some of us have the possibility when they work from home, maybe move the desk up and can stand, which already might improve a lot of the conversation. But most of us sit, so we slump in our chair. We become just less engaged ourselves with the conversation. So I think it also starts with how we can actually start becoming present by ourselves, by using our body and focusing a bit more to be actually, actually engaging with others. In a way, in our book, we describe a few ways how we can do that. So we would say, for instance, you should first find a seating position that is very grounded, where you actually really are sitting firm uh, in your chair or standing firm, really make a connection to the ground and sink in, stand grounded. The second point is being aligned, that you have a, like a really forward sitting position being aligned, not, not slumped in your chair, yeah, or standing very much aligned. The third part is that you breathe through when you're talking, breathe through when you're actually engaging. In this way, you can also use breaks, breathe through that, give a bit space in that, and then engage with the audience. And all of these things matter when it comes to in-person contact, but especially, I think, also when it comes to online contact, where we easily are dragged off that because, for instance, our peripheral view 
you know, we see something else. It might be also that we have other programs just running and that also distracts us sometimes. So this really engaging in the conversation and really being with in the terms of presence with the other person whom we engage with or the audience whom we engage with is much harder in that context. So it needs much more training. I definitely moved how I was sitting when you were talking <laughs> to be more engaged. <laughs> so do you think it's important organisations train their employees on how to be engaged digitally? Do you think that's something missing from a lot of organisations who are still working from home and probably will be for a little while yet? Yes, I mean, organizations can do a little bit on that. Um, so I think one of the things we have, for instance, when we have meetings, we often have meetings with a lot of people. So we cannot see everybody. In these meetings, even we see sometimes ourselves, which is also a new thing when it comes to online meetings, uh, which is a bit strange. Yeah, uh, you never, Normally in a in a in-person meeting, you do not see yourself. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, we typically see a lot of people there and we cannot see all of their normal cues and they can also not see our cues. So one of the things what we can do, maybe also schedule a few more meetings one-to-one where we at least have a, a more visual of the face. We can see more of these signals and actually can connect a bit better. So I think trying to have more meetings, and I think that's also what lots of people have now, um, is helping. But nevertheless, I think whatever we do and how much we engage in, in online meetings, we can never really cover all the in-person nonverbal cues and the own kind of engagement we have it in person with the online world. I think the online world, we learned a lot in the time that it can help a lot. It can actually build um, a lot of new things and new possibilities. We can change some of the interactions we want maybe to an online environment, but we also learned that we miss a lot. Yeah. So I think it never really will replace the in-person communication because there's so much more what we can see on the nonverbal part. And we also know from research that the nonverbal part of the communication might at least be more than 50% in and kind of influence us in our understanding of another person. So the nonverbal part is so much more important in our general understanding so that we really want to see persons uh, to get the full picture. So in that sense, I think, yes, as we are in the pandemic and we still have to work online, we should try to schedule as many meetings as we can, also one-to-one. But in the long run, we hopefully get back to a situation where we definitely also have in-person meetings and maybe we find a new balance of placing some of the meetings in an online environment, improving our skills when it comes to presence, especially also for the online environment, but definitely also for the in-person environment, but definitely also have a couple of in-person meetings still. I think many of us can uh, understand or realize if they come back to the office after a long period of time and meeting a colleague, how nice this just is, just to see like the full colleague in a way, yeah? And seeing the environment where the colleague is in and all of these things we just missed in in the online context. So yes, um, I think we can improve a little bit, but yes, we also need the in-presence for the future again for our meetings. And this very nicely goes into my next question. I saw you that, that you contributed to an article on how organisations might help staff who are feeling lonely working from home. Do you think this is a big problem? And aside from having more meetings and perhaps more one-to-one meetings, how can organisations curb this feeling of loneliness from their employees? Yes, um, it's a great question. I must say that it's like a perspective we can take from our book. 
Um, and I think that's um, from our book, the perspective would be part of the loneliness is as we do not get the full message of the nonverbal when we are in these conversations. Yeah? So that's why I think one of these messages probably we would say is, first of all, that you yourself, you want to be more connected to others. So one of the things you need to manage and learn is your own presence in going in a conversation with others online. So in a Zoom meeting, in a Teams meeting, that you really are, as I said, with like the, the posture you have by grounding, aligning, breathing through and engaging in a meeting, that you're really there. Yeah, You really try to focus being on there. That you also have one-to-one -one meetings where you see a bit more of the other person. You can actually see these uh, feedbacks. You might use your gesture a bit more by moving, for instance, up your hands a little bit more that people can see it. If you have the possibility, you might stand. All of these things can help us to get a bit more back from this nonverbal side. And then hopefully also this kind of feeling of interactions increases, which can decrease loneliness. As I said, we also wrote something more about loneliness. Um, I'm having done some research with a PhD of mine, Hoda Lam. And with him, we actually looked at these ways of how we can engage um, people in to reduce their loneliness. And there are a couple of suggestions um, to make. One of them, for instance, is that we also talk with our managers, especially with our managers, but maybe also colleagues on like the experiences we have, share these kind of experience, share these feelings. Yeah, um, Actually, expressing emotions is a general good thing to also have more presence because you naturally use a bit more color in your voice. Yeah? You use much more variation in your voice. You use gestures more. So using emotions is a good thing. So also share these emotions you have with your, with your colleagues. It's probably clear that you cannot do this or you feel like you cannot do like share everything, but a little bit is already a relief for yourself, but also for others to help you and engage again with you. A second thing, if you feel lonely, one of the maybe the counterintuitive things we might recommend is also why not help others who are lonely? Yeah? If you do something good, you also feel better again. You feel like you have a purpose again. So that might be also something we would recommend uh, doing. And I think these two things um, are these three things when it comes to presence talking with others about your emotions and also helping others on loneliness. I think these three things are good tips I would give you. Absolutely. So when I was researching this podcast, I saw you'd written on connecting your body and mind to show better presence. And I was wondering if you'd tell me a little bit more about this theory of connecting your body and mind. Yeah, so um, actually... That theory or this kind of idea of that our mind and body is connected is a very old one. Yeah. So it's not new at all. It got a bit like a way that's kind of when we come for the research side, that like in the late 60s, 70s, the computer came more into practice. And lots of us used the metaphor of how we learn like a computer. You know, we kind of learn knowledge, we save knowledge on a hard drive, which is our brain. And once we need knowledge again, we take it from the hard drive and we encode it again, and then we act up in that. But actually, that's not how the, how the humans actually work and how the body works. Actually, we save much more than pure knowledge in terms of facts. Yeah? We also save experience. We save emotions. We save it not just in, in the brain as such as this kind of cold knowledge. We save also these areas which relate to our activating, activating our body, preparing our body. And so we have a connection between the body and the mind. Just think about the weather is not so nice now, but if it would be outside and if you see somebody eating an ice cream, you at the same time might also get just the feeling, oh, I want to eat this ice cream too. You already kind of get the taste back and everything. So in a way, 
when you just think about it, it's not just that you think about facts, you also think about the whole feeling. You might even have an effect in your body that you actually start becoming really like tasting it already. Yeah. So the same thing so relates to all kinds of areas and in our communication, especially in our business communication, we somehow lost a bit like that part very often on bringing back the whole full picture of our ability to communicate on this non-level site. One of our exercises we sometimes do with our clients is, for instance, we let them read a story, a children's stories. Yeah? And when people read these children's stories, they engage a lot with their voice, with the emotions, playing the different characters, talking like one voice a bit faster, one, one voice a bit louder, and so on. And it's very engaging. And we have really an audience who doesn't hold behind what I think about it because the children really re react on that. Yeah? If you do not do that, they will start you know, taking off your attention or start crying or whatsoever. But if you really engage in that, they will listen to you all the time. Somehow when we go now to the business world and give our clients some stories or some information to read, suddenly all of this falls away. Yeah? So here, again, when you bring back your emotional feelings you have, suddenly these things can also come back to a certain degree. Maybe not the same extreme way as we do it in the children's stories, but a little bit. A little bit more of emotion. And that also, once you bring that emotion back in your messages, you also change your voice you change your gestures automatically. So in a way, it shows again that once you actually bring a bit more than just the pure knowledge back, your body and mind is somehow connected. And the more you, for instance, that's why storytelling is so um, effective, that stories have a lot of memories from you, not just from the knowledge itself, but also the emotions that go along with that. So in that sense, we, we know that from research that body and mind is connected, and that's in different ways. Interestingly, you can see that that why the body and mind is connected that also has like different effects. The one is, for instance, if I see somebody giving a speech and using a lot of gestures, we know actually that the audience learns better and remembers better what a person has said if these persons use these gestures, use more gestures than others. Yeah. Um, so actually observing others and seeing how they use the body to bring a message across in terms of gestures, in terms of posture, in terms of voice, will help us getting the message. At the same time, also our own body, how we make use of our own body has an impact on our own thinking. Yeah. So we also have an impact and that's like a direct impact. Potentially, there's some research still a bit like looking into how strong this direct impact is of your own posture on your own thinking. But there's also an indirect impact again once you use a lot of gestures, once you lose or use good voice yeah, and variation in voice, then actually you have an impact on the audience, which gives you also something back. Because if your audience is reacting, if your audience is engaging with you, you will be also engaging with them. So there's also an indirect effect. So from both sides, having the body and the mind connected is an old saying, and you find it in very different worlds, minded spiritual worlds and so, but there's actually facts on that, that we know that in our learning and our experiences, we not just save pure knowledge, but we save all the emotional experiences that we save movements, we save like we are prepared for movements in that. And that's very important for us. Well, yeah, that's fascinating. My last question for you, maybe a bit of a prediction one. Do you think that communication in general and in the future will change because of us having this 
year where we've been very socially isolated and do you think that will change how we communicate at work? Yeah, excellent question. And um, how to answer that question? So I think communication <laughs> has changed already. Yeah. So where to start would be maybe the question. The communication has uh, has changed already. I mean, if everybody of us just thinks back, like that, like two years ago, if I would have told you, or one and a half year ago, if I would have told you that the next year you would work one line, uh, one year online. Yeah. And um, nobody really would kind of can imagine that you know, how this would be, and everybody would complain. I mean, we. Even it's hard. We also did all of that. We also learned a lot. I think we had a um, a learning curve that was so fast uh, for all of us. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's quite impactful for the future. Yeah. So I think we learned that part of our communication we can do online, and not everything of the communication we do online is so bad. We learned as well. Yeah. So there are some tools where I can even sometimes even better control i mean in a positive sense control my audience with and within an online environment yeah when i'm teaching at a university so sometimes when i use breakout rooms i can bring my students back and i do not have to run around in a building and search for them first and waste time in that sense so there are certain elements which are fine i can also easily show what they have produced share that with us and so on again what we miss in the online communication is a lot the number of the part and it's much harder for us to have presence for ourselves to get into this kind of presence and engaging in that online environment but also for engaging with others in there so we still need the um, in-person presence and i think that's something you see now at universities a lot of happening for the future planning but i think also at uh, business context that the future will be somehow hybrid um, surveys of Gallup show that most of the employees can easily imagine or actually want to have some kind of a hybrid work environment and would even give up a bit of their salary. So they would not, you know, even reduce a bit of their salary if they can have some kind of a hybrid model. It gives us a bit more flexibility in our life. For leadership probably also means, of for leaders, it also means that they actually have to not only manage employees when it comes to work-related issues, but also somehow more to maybe private or how to balance these private things. And um, so there is much more overlap now in these environments. So that will be, I think, also a challenge for the future. When it comes to presence, actually, I think we need to work a lot on our presence when it comes to online environments. Here, maybe especially the voice, because this is the most or the probably the strongest one we can deal with in terms of nonverbal. Yeah. Uh, but also we can still improve a bit our own uh, body posture when we engage in this uh, context. And we also still need to find a way to balance it in a way to find the right balance that we still have in-person meetings. What this will be and how the balance will be, I think there will be lots of variations and a lot of testing, but um, I think that will be the future. So we will have an additional tool now, namely online meetings, online environments, online worlds of interactions, that can add up on uh, in-person meetings. The in-person meetings will not disappear. I think for this one, we are, as humans, we are social animals. And that means we really want to connect and we can just not do this online. I feel like that's a really optimistic way to look at it as a add-on rather than perhaps a takeaway. Um, and a really lovely note to kind of end on. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and uh, thank you for having this question, discussing it with me. Thank you so much to Stefan for being on the podcast and for giving such great tips on how to increase your presence, especially when on an online call. 
If you'd like more thought leadership, head to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to subscribe to the Ambition Podcast.